I kind of started late, like the late 90s. So I was like 21, 22. I discovered opiates. At, I was working for the Postal Service in Boston, and that was the first time I tried it. And I just remember within a few weeks, I was like already having like withdrawals, and I was sick, and I didn't know what that was. So I started missing a lot of work, and my habit only got worse. From there, I did the Oxycontins probably for about three, four years when I was working at the PO. Eventually, I was fired from there for attendance, and then I discovered that heroin was a lot cheaper. So I kind of transitioned from there, and I've been struggling with heroin addiction till about two years ago. Yeah, this is the longest clean time I've had probably in the last 18 years. I've always struggled with like sleeping and anxiety, so I just remember it calmed everything down, and I felt like super comfortable and relaxed, and I just love that feeling because my mind is always, uh, I have a hard time slowing my mind down. Just made all those things go away, and then I got physically addicted. I had like this part-time job pet sitting, and I had access to people's homes and keys and everything, and I stole from a bunch of people. One person found out about calling my boss, so they all checked and found missing jewelry. So I had to do like six months in jail, five years probation. But getting locked up for six months, that was pretty low. I remember my mother had to come to court. She had to go up and speak. I felt like awful that I put her in that situation. So, yeah, that was, that was probably the lowest part. That and uh, I had an overdose two years ago in the sober house I lived in. That was pretty rock bottom, too. My roommate, luckily, we had Narcan in the house, and he kind of brought me back. But if he wasn't there, I'd definitely be, I'd be dead. So I got kicked out of the sober house, and I was kind of just sleeping in my car for a couple days. And finally, like, it all came together. The sober house owner called my mother. He, she called my dad who lives down the social. Every, it was kind of like a mini intervention. Like, I had nowhere to go. Nobody would take me in. And they, uh, they said if I could get into McLean's, you know, I really had no choice. A guy from the sober house drove me. That was the last night I used. I bought some before I went there. You know, stayed here for like nine, ten days. Went to the outpatient after, and I've been living with my mother since then. And I'm very lucky she took me in. It was a long process. For the first six months I lived in my mother's, I couldn't be in the house when they weren't there. So they'd leave for work for ten hours. I'd sit in my car outside. They didn't trust me in the house. I got to remember things like that because now, you know, they left for eight days on vacation. They left me um, alone in the house. They trust me now. That took a long time. It doesn't sound like much, but that was like a huge deal. She's been the one that's they've been on the front lines the whole time. My father's not really around. You know, my brother and sister are both married with kids. But I don't think I've actually said thank you. I'm not really good with talking about all those feelings and stuff. I'm trying. But, yeah, I just want to thank her because, yeah, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. When I was in, like, the midst of it, especially physically addicted, I really felt like there's no way out. It seemed like I was trying to get up Everest. I'm like, there's no way. But if you just take it slow, there's definitely, no matter how low you are, there's jail, whatever, there's definitely a way out.